0: Hello and welcome to Dr. Kildare from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: The story of Dr.
2: Kildare. Whatsoever house I enter, there will I go for the benefit of the sick. Whatsoever things I see or hear concerning the life of men, I will keep silence thereon, counting such things to be held as sacred trusts. I will exercise my art solely for the
1: cure of my- the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayres and Lionel Barrymore. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer brought you those famous motion pictures. Now this exciting, heartwarming series is heard on radio. In just a moment, the story of Dr. Kildare. But first, your announcer.
2: Blair General Hospital, where life begins, where life ends, where life goes on. Of course it's your business, Jimmy, your problem... But if you tell Carew you won't do it, he'll tear his gardenia off and stamp on it with both feet. Then look out for flying petals, Dr. Gillespie, because I'm not going to do it. Well, no, no, he might stamp on you, too. That I can't help. I've got a patient waiting in emergency. And as far as I'm concerned, that's more important than any specially conducted tour. Not to Carew, at least not when a wealthy patron is about to make a donation. Well, after all, that's his problem. I'm a doctor, not a promoter. Ah, let me see. Oh, confounded, Jimmy. After all, Carew is the superintendent of this hospital. You? Taking his side? I don't believe it. Well, now I'm I'm thinking of your career. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I never played hospital politics, you know, that's true. But maybe I should have. Look where I ended up. Mm-hmm. Only the world's greatest diagnostician. Uh, Too bad you couldn't have been a success. Well, but there are different kinds of success. Now, you take Carew. Ah, uh, you take him. All right, but come in. Well, gentlemen. Ah, speak of the devil. The devil?
0: Oh, I really fail to see, but... What... Oh, there you are, Dr. Hilden. Yes, but I'm leaving right now, uh, Dr. Just Dr. a moment, please. I... You do have an assignment
2: I know. Uh, Showing some millionaire's secretary around the operating room. Sorry, I haven't the time.
0: And precisely what is this case you consider so important, may I ask?
2: Some poor fellow collapsed down the street and they brought him in here a little while ago. He's still unconscious.
0: Why, it's a heart condition, obviously. The intern can deal with it. It was
2: the intern who called me, Dr. Carew. He's scared and I know how he feels.
0: Well, I'll see you later. Dr. Kildare, I positively and absolutely forbid you to... Did you see that? See what, Carew? Insubordination, Dr. Gillespie. Rank insubordination. Ah, nonsense. there has a patient waiting, that's all. A patient? Huh. When I have a representative, a Mr. Jeremiah Ramsey, coming right here to this office any minute? Not
3: really. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs>
0: and I'm quite sure we can expect a half million donation or more if we can show clearly the hospital needs it.
3: Well,
2: I've never seen a time Blair Hospital didn't need it. Or, or any other hospital, for that matter. But I was counting on Dr. Kildare mm-hmm. to...
0: Uh, well, explain things. I've been away from actual practice for some time though, And after all, my talents do run more to administrative lines. Yeah,
2: heaven help the patient who ever had to depend on your medical talents. See? That's true. Yes. But Miss
4: Mudd out here to see you. Miss Mudd? She says she'd like to look over the hospital.
2: Well, Carew, your millionaire secretary has apparently arrived. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Miss Parker, please ask
0: her to wait a few minutes. Very well, Doctor. Well, Carew? Dr. Gillespie, I, I wonder if
2: I could prevail on you to. do Don't look at me. But
0: somebody has to convince her we need that donation.
2: And since there are only two of us left. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs>
3: dear.
2: Parker, hand me that stethoscope again, will you?
4: Here you are, Dr. Kildare.
2: Hmm. Well, it certainly isn't a hot condition, as Carew calls it. You can take a look at that thermometer now.
4: All right, Doctor.
2: Good thing young Benton called me. If this had been handled as a routine it's 97.4.
4: stroke... 97.4.
2: Subnormal. Let me see now. Oh, there's a slight precipitate beginning to form here.
4: What do you think's wrong with him, Dr. Kildare? Well, it isn't a heart
2: attack. I wonder if he could possibly come in. Oh, Benson, yes. He brought his wallet and things up from the office, Doctor Kildare. Is there any change yet? No, none of any importance. But I think I know what's wrong. Well, let me see now. Yes, if I'm right, there should be. Here we are. What is that? If bearer is found unconscious, notify nearest physician immediately. Give no stimulants. Oh, and... that's what it is. Uh huh. Diabetic coma. Parker, get 20 units of insulin from the dispensary and hurry.
0: And here is our number three operating room, Miss Ludd. After you. Thank you, Dr. Carew. And like the others, this room, too, is utterly inadequate. You don't say so. Oh, yes, indeed, utterly. As, of course, you can see for yourself.
5: Well, I don't know. I think you're underrating your institution, Doctor.
0: Oh, my dear. Look, the lighting. Absolutely preposterous.
5: I'd say it was average. Possibly a little better. Oh,
0: good heavens, no. The lighting over this operating table would never pass inspection by the state board. Indeed. Of course, it's nothing that a few thousand dollars wouldn't take care of.
5: Oh, well, if that's all that's needed, Uh, Well, I would certainly think an institution this size could manage it somehow.
0: Oh, well, that's only for this room and only for the lighting. Actually, the whole hospital is in horrible condition.
5: Oh, Dr. Carew, you must be exaggerating. Exaggerating?
0: My dear, Miss Mudd, do you realize that our equipment is so obsolete, our supply is so limited, that we're unable to maintain even the minimum sanitary standard required by law? What?
5: Oh, yes. Shocking. Dr. Carew, I have never been so amazed in my life. Tell me more. Mm -hmm.
2: Come in, Jimmy, come in. How's your emergency patient? Oh, I think he's out of danger now. Uh, He's diabetic, you know. Oh, coma, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Gave him the regular insulin and a balanced shot of protamine zinc. Benton's staying with him, and I'm going back later. Uh, I suppose Carew was a little put out. Only to the extent of turning pale pink and calling it rank insubordination. (laughs) (laughs) He'll probably tear my insignia off in front of the assembled staff. Jimmy, you've got to learn to take these things more seriously. Oh? Well, true enough, Carew is an imbecilic nincompoop. Granted. But nevertheless, he can do you a lot of harm professionally. Look, Dr. Gillespie, you know I went into medicine for several reasons, but mainly just because it's the best way I know of of helping people. Hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, the only professional harm that could happen to me would be to change that idea. There, that's rank idealism. You know where I learned it. If you mean from me, that's different. Mm. I've been at this hospital since time immemorial, so I can afford to be a cantankerous rebel. You can't. Maybe not. But I still believe the first consideration in medicine, always the welfare of the patient. Yeah, uh, sure, I agree with you, but... Oh, I know the yeah. hospital needs money, too, and unfortunately a big part of it has to come from donations. Okay. But I still think... I have no argument with you at all. You're absolutely right. Mm. But confound it, why can't you be a little more diplomatic with Carew? You really mean that? Why, well, of course. I, uh, well, I... am Ah, oh, pull his whiskers. I don't care what you do. Well,
4: I'm back, Dr. Gillespie, in case you need me.
2: Parker, every time you're away for an hour, I'm reminded just how little I do need you for anything. Well... You'd make a good, horrible example for Carew's sales talk. Why, Miss Mudd would take one look at Miss you... Miss and... Mud. <laughs> Quite a name, isn't it? And Carew thinks that she's a representative from his wealthy patron... I
3: guess, Come on,
2: is. Dr. Gillespie, before it's too late. We've got to find Carew.
0: Oh, yes, gentlemen. Miss Mutt just left, went out to lunch. She'll be back later, of course. She was most impressed by the things I told her.
2: Yeah, I imagine she was. <laughs> well killed there? Uh, just what kind of things did you tell her, Dr. Carew?
0: Well, now, of course, I may have gilded the lily, just a bit, mm-hmm. overemphasized the rundown condition of our equipment, even mm. hit it is at its slight irregularities in our ethical standards due to lack of funds, mm. but all in a good cause, Dr. Kildare, if I may take occasion to remind you. I mm.
2: see. Then I take it you're entirely satisfied with what you've accomplished. Feel now that it's just as well I didn't talk to this woman.
0: Well, far be it for me, Dr. Kildare, but I really do doubt that you could have done quite as good a job of selling.
2: Mm-hmm. Go on,
0: Kildare. Slipping
2: the business. I can't wait.
0: Slipping the business?
2: Dr. Carew, you'd better hang on to something. You see, Miss Mudd is not who you think.
0: She's not? Well, then, who is? I mean, where is Mr. Ramsey's representative?
2: Well, it sounds very much as though he's the man I've had waiting downstairs in the lobby all morning. What? Anyway, uh, Mr. Grunion sent word up that he wanted to look over the hospital. And, and you so... kept him waiting all morning? We're ruined. He? Absolutely ruined. Oh, that isn't the worst of it, Dr. Carew. There's still Miss Mudd. Oh, dear, I'd forgotten her. And apparently you've also forgotten the announcement of her appointment a few months ago. She's one of the new examiners for the state board of hospitals.
0: Really? Well, in that case, I suppose i better... Oh, heaven!
2: Yeah, you'll need help from somewhere. But
0: you don't realize all the things I told her. We
2: can imagine. I
0: said we were violating sanitary regulations, ignoring fire codes, paying no attention whatsoever to institutional law and... Good heavens.
2: Carew, stop spinning. But we're ruined.
0: Absolutely ruined. Oh,
2: I don't think it's that serious. She'll make a report to the Board of Regents. They'll throw you out, of course. Throw me out? But after that, things should settle back to normal. Normal, you say? Normal? Ha! I won't see anyone.
1: I won't see anyone.
2: Ah, Tickaroo, get a hold of yourself.
1: Cast
0: aside like an old shoe when mm. my poor wife, she just
2: ordered new drapes to the dining room. Fine. Be nice
0: for the new superintendent. After all the years I've given to Blair Hospital, the last year's of my life, I...
2: Oh, Dr. Kildare, it's all your fault. My fault now? Really? Mm. Mm. Yeah, sorry to butt in, fellas, but I got kind of tired of waiting down there. My name's Grunion.
0: Mr. Grunion! I just now learned of the atrocious treatment you were given this morning, and I want to offer you, nay, beg you to accept my abject apologies and humble assurances.
3: Er, oh,
2: stop licking Mr. Grunion's boots. What's wrong with him? One of the mental cases? Oh, no, no, no. Dr. Carew is our former superintendent. Please. You're kidding. No, really. You see, he takes the patient's troubles so much to heart that sometimes it's just too much for him. <laughs> now, 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 wait now, now, Mr. Grunion, if you don't mind waiting outside, but I'm it. sure he'll be all right in a few minutes. But I've been waiting on... Well, now, what are we going to do? Carew, you're a
1: Continue with the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayres as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie.
2: Ah, what a morning. Yeah, things have been a little hectic, all right. Dr. Gillespie, I'll give you ten to one. We made a mistake in letting Carew go off alone with that Mr. Onion or Grunion or whatever his name is. Well, I don't know how we could have stopped him, Jimmy, without locking him up. I guess not. He's all set to die for dear old Blair. Yeah. To make one last <laughs> gesture and hand over a half million dollars along with his resignation. Ah, the idiot. The idiot. Well, I've never seen anyone else in my life who could blunder into as many ways of doing the wrong thing. He's a biological paradox. The only example known to medical science of a living human being born without a brain.
4: What are you talking about, Dr. Gillespie?
2: My mistake Jimmy. he is one of two examples. Well, what do you want,
4: Parker? You don't have to shout at me.
2: I don't even have to put up with you. But... It's all right, Parker. He just has another mild case of caruangitis. Uh, Caru and what? Never mind. How's the diabetic in 508?
4: He's conscious now. That's mm. what I came to let you know. Good. Dr. Benton said to tell you that he's responding normally and can probably have something to eat about 2.30. Well,
2: fine. I'll drop by to see him right after lunch. Which, by the way, is a good idea. Well, my dear doctor, shall we go across to Sullivan's and risk tomain poisoning again? No, you go ahead, Jimmy. You go on. I... I've got a halfway idea how we might straighten out the blunders Carew made when he talked to Miss Mudd. Now, wait a minute. You're not starting to come up with brilliant schemes, too. Well, no. something has to be done. All right. Tell her the truth. Ah, it isn't quite that simple. It could be. You just leave it to me, Jimmy. Now, ten minutes conversation, I'll have everything all fixed That's up. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. Uh, Parker? Yeah? Uh-huh. Parker, I'd like your opinion about something.
4: Oh, why, of course, Dr. Kildare.
2: Tell me, what do you think of a man who's prone to go off on tangents and violate his own principles?
4: If you're talking about who I think you are, well... Ah.
2: A man who has repeatedly claimed that a staff doctor should concern himself only with the medical affairs of the hospital and should stay away from the... uh...
4: Fiddle-faddle, I think that's what he'd say. Yes,
2: stay away from the fiddle-faddle. Thanks, Parker. Ah, fiddle-faddle. And then when you find that man doing exactly the opposite from what he believes... How can you explain it?
4: Well, I guess you just can't, Dr. Kildare, unless, of course, he was born without a brain. Uh,
2: Born without a... Parker, you get out of here. Go on. All right,
4: all right, all right. There are times when I wish he'd been born without vocal cords.
2: Parker! Confounded tarnation. It's insubordination, Doctor. Rank insubordination. Well, give my regards to Carew when you get out on that same limb with him. I'm going to lunch. Oh, yes,
0: indeed, Mr. Grennion. The lighting over this operating table is completely inadequate. You
2: see? Well, now, I don't know, Dr. Carew. It looks all right to me. Oh, my dear sir, it's frightful. Really frightful. Of course, it's
0: nothing that a few thousand dollars wouldn't take care of. A
2: few thousand dollars, hmm? That's only for the lights. And only in this one room. I see. Well, it sounds like the place is in pretty bad
0: shape. Of course, a half million isn't really very much to a wealthy and generous philanthropist.
2: No, I suppose not. You know, Dr. Carew, I'm frankly amazed. I had no idea the conditions were so bad here at Blair. Mr. Grunion, you've only heard the beginning. Just wait
0: until I get through.
5: Dr. Gillespie, do you mean to say that you went without your lunch and waited here for me to get back in order to tell me that...
2: Well, now, I think the information's fairly important, Miss Mudd. And, of course, it'd be impossible to tell you in front of him.
5: I see. Well, I imagine it might have been a good deal more shocking if I weren't partly prepared for it already. I suppose you are quite sure.
2: Oh, yes, of course. Uh, ordinarily, he's quite normal, but he does have these spells when he gets nuttier than a walnut grove. <laughs> Of course, we've all known about it all these years, you know.
5: Well, shouldn't something be done about it? I mean, after all, the superintendent of a big hospital like this... Oh, he's is...
2: perfectly harmless, oh. yes, yes. The only symptom is that pessimism you saw this morning. He, he thinks the whole place is falling to ruin when actually it's running at the top efficiency.
5: Amazing. Uh-huh. Dr. Gillespie, do you know that this is the most remarkable institution I have ever seen?
3: Yes.
2: Good afternoon, Benson. How's our patient? Well, Dr. Kildare... Young man, I'm quite capable of answering the question for myself. Oh, you apparently are. Feeling all right, eh? I haven't felt better since my 62nd birthday. Thanks to you, so I'm told. Oh, what well, you've been told wrong. Doctor Benton's your physician. I'm only a consultant in the case. <laughs> Thanks to both of you, then. Doctor Kildare, if you're going to be here a while, I think I'll grab some lunch. Sure, sure, go ahead. His response has been completely normal. I gave him ten more units at one o'clock in order to standard DB lunch. Do now. All right, Benton. See you later. <laughs> Talk about a man like you, a dead-blamed specimen under a microscope. Oh, but you're a live specimen at least. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Of course, you won't be long if you go around skipping your insulin shots very often. Well, a man gets careless at my age. I know. Worse than that, gets to be a dead blamed fool. You wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, well, I'd say you're a long way from being a fool. Hmm. Flattery, that's all. You a staff doctor here? Guilty, Your Honor. Getting rich at it, imagine. Oh, yes, yes. I have a private annex at Fort Knox. Hmm.
3: <laughs> Young man...
2: Suppose I hadn't been a half-block from a hospital when this happened. Oh, but you were, so why suppose? Yes. Imagination's a bad business. Have lunch with me, young fellow. I always hate to eat alone. Sure, I'll have a cup of coffee. I like to watch a convalescent patient eat. means he's recovering. means you'll get rid of him that much quicker, too.
3: <laughs>
2: you know something, young man? Hmm? I think we understand each other. <laughs> you know something else? I think I agree with you.
0: there? Come in, come in. Dr. Carew,
2: Dr. Gillespie,
0: what are we holding here?
2: Council of War or victory celebration? Jimmy, it worked like a charm, just as I told you it would. I see. Where are the sacrificial victims? Mr. Grunion is making a phone call at the moment. Uh, Miss Mudd's gone after some forms to be signed. Dr. Gillespie is being coy, you know.
0: He he won't tell me what he said to her, but it must have been effective. I'll bet it was. And, of course, Mr. Grunion is early so.
2: I suppose you gave him the same story you told Miss Mudd earlier today.
0: Oh, an even better one the second time. Everything is just wonderful, Dr.
2: Kildare. Why, I'm even inclined to forgive your little pectillo. Thank you very much, Dr. Carew. Oh, oh, come in, Miss Mudd.
5: I'll just leave these with you and you can mail them in.
2: Oh, uh, oh, Miss Mudd, I I don't believe you've met... uh... Oh,
5: hello, Dr. Kildare. How are
2: you, Miss Mudd? You know each other? Mm, We met at lunch over at Sullivan's.
5: Yes, we had a very interesting conversation. In fact, that's the only reason I'm giving the hospital a clean bill of health, so to speak. What? You see, Dr. Kildare told me the whole story. And after all, Dr. Carew, I couldn't see any of those terrible conditions you tried to point out.
2: Do you mean you already talked to Kildare when I was telling you about Carew being a mental case? Dr. Gillespie.
5: Oh, yes, but I thought it was so cute to let you go on with it. Cute? Well, (laughs) I suppose I really should go.
2: Sorry to keep you waiting, gentlemen.
5: Well, Mr. Grunion.
2: Well, Miss Mudd, imagine meeting you here. You two know each other.
5: Oh, yes. We uh, we met at the medical convention in Albany a few weeks ago.
2: Yes, we did. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Oh, well, Mr. Brunyon, I do hope you'll be able to convince Mr. Ramsey of our needs.
2: Ramsey? Who's Mr. Ramsey?
0: Why, he's the... He's your... Uh, Mr. Brunyon,
2: who in heaven's name are you? Field representative for the Pan-Acme Hospital Insurance Plan. Oh, dear. We had considered putting Blair Hospital on our preferred list. Oh, dear. But, of course, that's out now that I've learned about conditions. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Mr. Dear, dear. Mr.
5: Grunion, I think the boys have been giving you a rib. Maybe I can straighten the whole thing out.
2: Well, I, I do respect your opinion, Miss Mudd.
5: Well, come on, then. Let's go find a quiet spot and reminisce about Albany. See you again soon, Dr. Kildare.
2: I hope so. Goodbye, Miss Mudd. Dr. Kildare, I... I hardly know what to say. Carew, I think we've both said too much already. Mm. Well, since everything seems to be taken care of, I guess I'll just get back to work. There's only mm. one thing. I so
0: counted on that donation from Mr. Ramsey. I, I wonder what could have happened to his... Ramsey?
2: Mm. Oh, Dr. Carew, I almost forgot. Mr. Ramsey should have all the arrangements completed and a check deposited to the hospital account by, uh, oh, the end of the week. What, Dr. Gillier? How do you know? He told me a little while ago. Soon as he recovered from his diabetic coma. Oh,
0: no. You mean that emergency patient in 508, the one that I the one that you Oh,
2: dear. He seems to be highly impressed by our efficiency and our concern for the welfare of the patients. Maybe mm. overly impressed.
0: I must go and lie down. I must go and take an aspirin or something. I like...
2: Oh, dear. Well, then, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, Dr. Gillespie, I was just like. Confounded. I... <laughs> now, don't say it. But I.
3: <laughs> all right, all right, all right.
1: In just a moment, we will return to the story of Dr. Kildare. <laughs> now, once again, the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers as Dr. Kildare and Lionel Barrymore as Dr. Gillespie.
2: Uh, Dr. Gillespie, I've got all these forms filled out now for the state hospital board. If you'd like to sign them, we'll get them sent off. Love to sign them, Jimmy. I hope you've included our best regards to Miss Mudd. Oh, yes. Enclosed a personal note. Personal, huh? I hope you asked her to say hello to Mr. Grunion just in passing. (laughs) Maybe at some Albany convention. I uh, mentioned his name. Good, good, good. Well, here you are. And may they both rest in peace. Mm, Allowing for your exaggerated metaphors, I I guess I agree with you. (laughs) Mix up like that once a year is plenty.
4: Dr. Gillespie, there's a Mr. Beetlepuss here to see you.
2: Beetlepush? Never heard of him, Parker. Well, he
4: says he wants to look over the hospital. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Kildare, what are you doing under that desk? Yes. Dr. Gillespie, get down off that coat rack.
2: Parker, why does he want to look over the hospital? Well,
4: because he works for the phone company, and he has to know where the new telephones are supposed to go.
2: Jimmy, you go with him. Not me, Parker. Take Mr. Beetlepus upstairs and introduce him to, to Dr. Carew. Uh,
1: just heard the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore. This program was written by Les Crutchfield and directed by William P. Russo. Original music was composed and conducted by Walter Schumann. Supporting cast included Virginia Gregg, Ted Osborne, Isabel Jewell, Will Wright, and Wilms Herbert. Dick Joy speaking.